Welcome to the Coffee and Conversation podcast, the podcast that celebrates great people making amazing things happen. This second series of the podcast is presented under the banner of COVID Connections, and I will be chatting with several of the fabulous people with whom my path has crossed over these challenging past 12 months. My guest today is Claire Young. Claire describes herself as curious about how we live lives of purpose, joy and connection. She is an English teacher with a passion for critical and collaborative pedagogies, which empower students to understand, deconstruct, reimagine and remake their world and the ways school communities can be transformative spaces. Fascinated by the relationship between changing ourselves and changing our world, Claire has co-facilitated workshops on the inner work for creative bravery, where she has been able to explore ideas and possibilities in a creative way. Nature, laughter, poetry, singing, and a really good conversation are some of her other favourite things, especially when shared with her daughter or friends. So welcome to this next edition of the Coffee and Conversation po- uh, podcast, Even I can't talk this morning. Uh, so this is another series in the COVID Connections, and today I'm really happy to be joined by Claire. So good morning, Claire. Hello, good to be with you. And it is morning, so um, it is a traditional Coffee and Conversation podcast. I do have my usual black coffee, uh, which will be being drunk. And I have a confession to make that I did actually um, get my timing slightly wrong for this. So I was sat online half an hour ago thinking, oh... I'm I'm running a bit early or late and then realising that actually we were talking half an hour later. <laughs> so my coffee's been in the microwave to warm it up again. I salute that rather than taking the second cup. <laughs> well, there, there was a moment when I was like, well, I have to just drink this quickly. And then, and then I was like, you know what, if I have another one, then that'll be me flying for the rest of the morning. And, and I may not make much sense when we talk. So I decided just to be sensible and coffee in moderation this morning. And you have, what, what's in your mug that I can see? Um, I've got some peppermint tea with me. I've still not learned to drink caffeine. <laughs> some people are aghast at and others are like, that's a very wise plan, Claire, because I don't think that you plus caffeine. It's oh. <laughs> a wise idea. So. But you know, it's really interesting. I never used to drink coffee. And I started drinking coffee when I started working for um, the PGA and mm. spent so much time in meetings uh, where people were like, do you want tea or coffee? I was like, oh, no, thanks. And in the end, I was just like, I hate tea, so let's drink coffee. And mm. Yeah, that just got me into coffee then, and yeah, it's. I have to say, it's one of my um, one of my little weaknesses. Nice black coffee, but anyway. So, welcome to the podcast, and as ever, uh, we will. Yeah, we'll see where this next half an hour conversation takes us. Um, all from your quote. So, I'd love you to start by sharing your quote, and then we will just see where we where we meander over the next half an hour. Um, so my quote is a wee poem by Raymond Carver called "Late Fragment." And did you get what you wanted from this life even so? I did. And what did you want? To call myself beloved, to fear myself beloved on the earth. Wow, that's a lovely way to start this morning. And tell us a bit more. So, you know, why is that meaningful for you? And, you know, what's what's the reason for you bringing that and selecting that today? Um, so I brought it because... So I first, my friend Al shared it with me probably over a decade ago now in a little poetry circle that we used to get together on a Sunday and have like lunches that lasted for three or four hours and share poems that we loved. And when I first heard it, it really struck me, um, partly for its smallness and preciseness, but partly with that, like, what would it be to call yourself beloved on the earth? Um, And that sense of connection and belonging 
um, is something that I think even at that point, I kind of, yeah, my grasp of that is something I've really grown into over the past decade. And then my first, I'm an April birthday. So my birthday in 2020 ended up being a um, a Zoom birthday party. Uh, and I did it in a Kaylee style, like bring a poem, bring a song, like just bring some stuff to share. And it was cool because my my uni friends are all down south and then I've got good friends in other places. So actually like all my favourite people could be in one place. Um, and I ended up sharing this at the end of the Kaylee, which I hadn't really anticipated, but that sense of like the love and connection by having all those people together really brought that back to me. And I think the perspective it offers us of living life through the lens of where do you want to get to? Like when, however many days you get have ended, what do you want to say you've done? And for that to be about a relationship, I think is really powerful. And I think it's something I don't speak about or lean into as much. So I was like, right, I will bring this to lean into it for a bit longer with someone else. Fabulous. And I, I, you know, I'm just sitting here thinking I love the idea of a, a poem music kind of gathering and actually how, although it wouldn't maybe necessarily be what you'd chosen for a birthday celebration, the ability to bring your, as you, you said, your favourite people together in one place who perhaps in travel, you know, perhaps travel might not have permitted them to get together mm-hmm. in person. No, it doesn't. And yet you were able to share that time and that space, which, mm-hmm. yeah, that feels, yeah, maybe it wasn't what was planned, but it actually feels like it ended up being quite special. Yeah, it certainly did. Um, and I think, it, like, it reminded me how important it is that we come together and give each other that time. And then also how the culture and the lifestyle that we live where we have so much opportunity and can go to so many different places mean that we have these kind of far more scattered lives I remember visiting the Highland Folk Museum uh, a few years ago because Abbeymore is a big place for holidays and um, the family that I've married into which has been great for me um, but like visiting their little settlement um, and the, the kind of historical and this kind of yeah moving back into this village from hundreds of years ago and just imagining like the people who lived here like may not have met more than 50 or 100 people in their lives. Or even like my great grandmother married the boy that delivered meat to the house that she was in service for. Like she was a servant there from the age of 14. She then married my great grandfather. And I'm like, I just don't think she'll have met that many people before she choose, she before she chose who was going to be our life partner. Um so yeah, it's a curious thing how like we're kind of more scattered, but also maybe have more opportunity to find our tribe and our people I don't know uh, yeah and that's taken me in a whole host of different that that the idea of actually not meeting that many people however many years ago because of travel or because of those things and actually your world may be feeling quite small but you didn't know anything else mm. and yeah and like maybe that was enough like yeah. maybe that was actually better yeah. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> In this, that's intriguing, isn't it? Really, really mm-hmm. intriguing. Um, so tell me, I'm curious to know. Um, you said you, that, you know, the poem you first came across ten years ago, and um, I suppose I'm curious about how your relationship with that poem or those words, or how it's maybe shifted meaning for you over time, or you mm. know, have you thought about it, got to know, you know, got to know what it's meant for you during that time? Yeah, I think I definitely have always known that I've liked it. And that it really resonates for me. Um, and the idea of calling yourself beloved on the earth, I think is really, has been powerful. But I think I haven't really, I think, 
I don't know that I really kind of got the the depth and the messiness of what that work is or what I believe that work is, <laughs> at least in the way that I experience it in my journey. Like other people might, yeah, I know in other experiences, people might have a, like a lot more um, comfort or ease into that sense of kind of being beloved and in relationship and really connected. But I think for me, yeah, I've been on journeys around building self-compassion, um, understanding, like trying to kind of decenter how human-centric my view of the world is. And I'm trying to understand more of the sense of like, because to me, being beloved on the earth, I think up until a couple of years ago, I would have seen it very much as about human relationships and being kind of good with the people around me and being good with the important people in my life and very much in that kind of narrow human web. Whereas now I would add in the dimensions of part of it is my belonging to myself and the degree to which by the end of my life, I've got to a point of real connections and acceptance and celebration of myself as someone who can tend very quickly towards perfectionism, who can be quite cerebral or kind of thinking orientated, like kind of getting down into my actually like embodied visceral experience and using that as a guide um, and honoring that and the wisdom of that alongside kind of all that I can think and debate and learn and the knowledges I can build, like that's part of it. And then there's another part of it for me that's really about a sustainable relationship with the world that I live in, which I know I don't have yet. Um, and that like kind of we're living in the decade that we are being told like this is the decade where, where we as a species have to really get this in terms of being able to turn back the damage that we've done to climate. Like, yeah, there's a real thing of actually like knowing my bigness and my smallest all at the same time. Um, and and honouring the kind of wider earth and nature that I am part of. And I've been born in a time and place that's very keen to kind of keep me divided and disconnected, both from the earth and to degree from myself, I would now say. Mm. And, you know, as I'm listening to you talk there, I'm, I'm sort of thinking about various leadership conversations and leadership's obviously something that's that's kind of close, close to my, my research heart and, and, and interest. And, you know, this idea that, in order to lead others or lead anything, mm. then first we have to know ourselves and know what matters to us in order to be able to make those kind of conscious choices. Um, and, you know, what I've picked up from what you were just saying is there's almost those three levels. So there's the kind of self and how well do I know myself and what matters to me and what's important to me. Then there's a relational with other people and how that translates to the people around me, which all of those people will have be of varying closeness so some will be mm. in your inner circle of closeness but there'll be others who are acquaintances or people you maybe cross paths with once or twice but it's that relational aspect and then the third dimension almost is the place we exist which isn't ever just one place because arguably we exist in our home life we've got work lives we've got social we've got you know all sorts of different um and the grand I suppose overarching scheme of that is how we exist on our earth so to come back to your poem and you know and I think one of the things that I there feels like quite a few tensions within that and you talked about you know that actually being able to be quite um good with other people and not necessarily think about yourself mm -hmm. uh, but also that tension of I want to change the world in the grand scheme of things but what can I actually do 
on a everyday basis that takes me one step towards that rather than feeling I've, I failed, I can't, you know, what's the point? I can't have any impact. So those are the things that kind of strike me, I suppose, as I'm, as I'm listening to you. Um, and I don't know if there's anything in there that maybe like a game of tennis bats back to you. Mm. That you kind of go, oh, that sparked something else. Yeah, it's, oh, there's lots that I'm curious about in it. Like, I suppose in one way, one of the things I'm thinking about is my own kind of personal journey and this way that, although there's this kind of big thinking and big work, like, there's also, like, my daily reality is I'm a high school teacher, I'm a mum to a six-year-old, um, I, yeah, like, it's not, they, they aren't roles that are obviously, like, kind of world-changing or seismic in their influence so that kind of tension between um kind of what you can do in your own sphere versus like should we be should we be kind of reaching out to like a more suppose I think I mean about kind of politics and change and where does it happen Mm -hmm. um and and does it happen by in a commerce ordinary people doing their kind of ordinary bit in their local communities and in in their small circles or is it about really like kind of overreaching and reaching beyond that into the the places where kind of official power or dominant power lies and really trying to kind of disturb that or change that or be that um and I think that's definitely a significant contention for me in that sense of like I, I'm someone who like I want to see change in the world like I want to see the world transformed but I also get that I sit in the comfort of like I also want to feel relatively secure in myself in kind of my home and like how what what changes am I willing to step into which which will I which won't I how much change does that actually bring yeah that's the stuff that's coming up for me just now <laughs> I feel like it's all kind of becoming quite nebulous again within. and if we bring it back to that you know I, I'm really intrigued I suppose by and I will definitely take away from this conversation this idea of beloved on this earth and what does that mean mm. and perhaps what I'm realizing or coming to realize more is that I can only work out what that means for me if I know what matters to me and what's important. And that can then guide how I, yeah, for Mm -hmm. want of a better word, how I show up in different situations or the actions I take on a daily basis. But it's that kind of um, making that connection, I suppose, between, you know, me kind of going, okay, that's what really is important to me, be it family, be it, getting outside but you know all of being creative all of those different things and kind of saying okay if I have those and those are central to I can find a way to weave those into my everyday then for me that gives me that sense of okay yeah that's mm-hmm. that feels right rather than feeling like I'm dragged and you know shapeshifter being shifted into all sorts of different worlds because I think that's what's expected of me yeah yeah, like I think what you're listening to what you're saying reminds me of um, there's a meditation teacher that I have a lot of connection and time for called Sharon Salzberg, and she um, did some online teaching over the the lockdown, um, which centered her stuff around the importance of um, having a north star, like having like knowing knowing what your like your value or your why your kind of deepest intentions are 
And it's not that that's where you're going to get to. It's like that's what shines above you and that's what you use to guide yourself, particularly when it's darker, particularly when the, the waves are stormier and bigger. Like that's, you have to work that out and then throw it out above yourself so that you can keep moving. Um, and I think, yeah, I'm curious about that to me is very important work that we do. And then I'm curious about thinking about kind of as a teacher, how much work do we actually, how much do we put into our education system, the opportunities for our young people to really wrestle with that and understand that? How much time do we take with each other, be it in my staff team or be it with my husband or like in those new places to like kind of really wrestle that and get to know that about each other? Because um, to me, that is the work. And I also feel, yeah, a sense of how we can check in more, get that work more visible, because I don't know that it's visible enough in the place. So where this is this? Where are you at in terms of you talked about your journey and you know yeah where, where are you at in terms of work, whether it's working out what matters to you or you know in answering any of these questions in terms of you know what how do my everyday actions contribute to that big mm. stuff? Um, you know where do you find yourself? at on the on the map if you like yeah heading towards that north star right now mm, I think in some ways I'm a bit lost in the woods <laughs> <laughs> in the, um yeah I find it really yeah I'm definitely kind of I'm growing into the paradoxes of things because I feel very certain and confident yeah I suppose I think I'm in a place now where I feel ultimately I feel very confident that like there are lots of people organizing, self-organizing, discovering, connecting, like on the journey to this work. Like I can think of different pockets of people at work and in my friendship group and through um, like kind of Creative Bravery Collective, other places where like, I know this stuff is happening and I'm connecting with it and kind of it, it buzzes and kind of crackles all the time. And I also feel we're still at a point where the big structures that we have, like I would say the, the big structure of our education system, our media, where I feel our political culture is just now, still seeks to disrupt that work more than embody or kind of ennoble that work. Like I would say that like the school, the school community I'm in is full of incredibly passionate individuals who, who, who know what, their why is and like and we have a really clear set of values as a staff and we and I do think we work hard to be guided by them and I also think we experience a school system which the even the physical space in that like I generally have like 30 desks my seat at the front um the way the physical space is set up the way the timetable is set up the way the curriculum is set up um the way that we are resourced to do the job that we do like doesn't really on our that kind of bigger guide and why and yeah and I think kind of we're at a point of real opportunity but possibly also kind of real conflict in that sense of like well what how knowing what we know is important to us how like how how far are we going to go to actually honor and resource that and and start to more clearly name the places where the practice really is not lining up with or really not meeting. And yeah. also, but then also it gets into the tiny mouse or the Trojan mouse thing of like, how much is it going to be the big 
scale change and how much is it going to be like the kind of the little actions here and there, mm. the disruptions that that kind of they build the momentum. I don't know. Yeah. And it's, it's in, you know, you've used the word paradox and, and talking about, and, and I hear, you know, I hear that sort of tension and mm. I often talk about, um, you know, tension is the sign that something isn't quite aligning. Mm-hmm. And the more you, we as individuals are able to understand what's important to us, the more we can notice that tension and understand why that tension's there. Because if we don't know what's important and, you know, all we feel is frustration, you know, maybe all we feel is frustration because something isn't mm-hmm. quite right. At least if we have that sense of, well, this, this is what matters. These are our values. These are my values. This is what's important. When you come across that tension, there's an understanding of why it's there. So what you're talking about to me is actually we're really clear about what we believe as a group, as an individual, a set of individuals about what we believe education to be, what we believe the value is. And we're noticing that not everything is aligned to that. And we're Mm -hmm. noticing the places maybe where it's going okay, it's working, but we're noticing the places where there's tension. And I suppose that for me then becomes that choice point about how either far you can push things or, you know, the recognition. And my, you know, I firmly believe in this idea of everyday leadership, that all of us are able through our everyday actions and our consistent everyday actions to start to challenge that. And maybe Mm -hmm. going back right round to your poem, you know, to feel beloved on this earth. Actually, it's about me living my values on a daily basis as much as I possibly can consistently. Yeah. Because that gives me that sense of I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I know it's not changed the world. I know there's still tensions. I know there's still things I don't agree with. But the bit that I can control, I can influence. I'm okay with that. That yeah. that kind of feels why, yeah, maybe some making some connections between that and the, the poem, which, yeah, which I'm definitely looking up because I love it. It's brilliant. And I think in what you're saying, the two things that are coming up for me that I think I'm rumbling with a lot just now, possibly the most just now, are the, like, how do I resource myself to stay in that work? And how do we build the containers for, like, the messy, hard difficult stuff that means you can actually be with the tensions mm-hmm. um like in that sense of like how do we actually make sure that we have the like that I hear the feedback I need to hear about my practice and the way that I show up in my classroom or the way I show up with my team like how do we make sure that and how do I resource myself so that I am able to deliver the daily responsibilities and experience that I need to deliver and also have some kind of capacity left to be stepping into the bigger mm-hmm deeper work or possibly find the magic thing of like how you make those both the same um and in my head how you then have a school community where young people are not just learning in a classroom they're they are active in their community and with their teacher they are co-constructing what that community is and inquiring as to what they're going to learn how they're going to learn and Mm. yeah and kind of that can spiral up and out into other Places. and I, you know that I think that that's that's a lot of the time for me where I, I seem to spend a lot of time you know it's talking about awareness and about self-awareness and about how mm. you know how, and it, maybe this comes back to what you were talking about right at the start in terms of actually how good are we or how often do we have those those self-awareness so in my head I'm thinking I'm thinking back to my um 
my undergraduate degree days around sports science and you know muscles and joints having proprioceptors to tell us where we are in terms of our movements and you know connections you know where are our emotional proprioceptors where are our mm. you know See, well-being yeah. where, where are those little clues that tell us actually yeah. we need to pay attention to something because mm. it's it, it's falling out of kilter and yeah you know then what how much do we know about ourselves to know right actually this is where I get my energy from which might be going for a walk with a dog which I'm getting close to getting by the way I just need to put that out there um, <laughs> yeah nine more Munros to go and I'm allowed a dog um, or it might be going sitting outside it might be drawing mm. something creating something going for a run you know we can only do that if we're really aware and we we're paying attention to those signals and then we're consciously taking action to say I need to prioritise myself and that's okay. It's not being selfish. Mm. I need to sustain my own energy in order to be able to keep giving and keep doing what I need to do and that's okay. Yeah. And I think, yeah, there's two things for me coming up in that. One of them is the piece for me that um, that connection, that self-awareness of what I'm feeling, what I know is going on around me and what I need to do. I think that, also requires the power of the collective, which again, we can be perhaps less ready. Like I think well-being has like, like we live in a consumerist, capitalist, supremacist, patriarchal, like it's a whole set of ideologies that rely on individualizing us. And so trying to look at the way that our well-being work can be put into that without us noticing, um, I think is important and remembering that thing of like yes I need to be able to do that for myself and I also need to be able to ask for seek out and prioritize that I'm in communities and spaces and connections that where people value that equally for me and want that for me and then help build um be it like who I the person I live with we build our 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 housing regimes or routines where like we build how we work our house together around what keeps us both well like in my workplace we build the structures of our workplace around what we know keeps each other well like there has to be that collective piece um which I think again like different places are at very different levels of taking that step um and I and I think that that question you asked about like where's our emotional proprioception like I think that's been some of the biggest for me that sense of learning how much is in my body and realizing how much I've been told not to pay attention to my body through various different conditionings, experiences, um, and choices of my own, like that sense of like how much physiologically we need to pay attention to ourselves, um, and understand that our emotions are physiological felt experiences that will pass probably in 30 seconds to a minute if we feel them like the physical sensation of them will go then it's up to us what we mentally proliferate or let go of mm-hmm. um that i was listening to a talk with stephen porges who developed polyvagal theory last night and he was talking about how um a lot of our experiences are that we kind of see as emotional relational are rooted in our physiology and that physiology of in my body do i feel safe and connected just now or do i feel isolated and in danger just now but again, like we don't often make, we don't often slow down and listen to ourselves or sit and give someone else the time to slow down and listen to themselves to have that kind of connectedness. Mm. 
Um, and I think that's another real area of work in that beloved on the earth thing is that kind of getting into your body so that you are actually on the earth, like your feet that stand on the earth are where you are. Um, like <laughs> someone yeah. who spent a lot of our life, like in a very small thinking section of our brain, like um, that work to get back into my body, which I've always been in. Yeah. It makes <laughs> probably me th- back into it. And it makes me think really simply, you know, really simply how often um, I'm, ju- I'm, rec- I'm thinking about, um, recalling back to an interview that I did for one of my PhD case studies and the person I interviewed talked about you know knowing they were in a job that they didn't um you know it wasn't lighting their fire and they just had this moment of realization that you know they wanted to if it was raining outside they wanted to be outside they wanted to be barefoot feeling the grass under their feet Mm. and it that's I don't know that's just come back to me that idea of actually feeling the earth underneath your underneath your feet and that being and if you know that's important to you then making those kind of firstly being aware of it and then mm. making conscious choices within your world to be able to say okay I'm going to take one bit metaphorically one step further towards being able to stand on the ground mm. the earth beneath my feet and yeah grounding myself in something yeah which maybe physically and also is very likely to be what you value internally, emotionally. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, all of those sorts of things, you know, whether it be family, friends, justice, whatever, those are the mm-hmm. things that actually I need those to feel like I have. You, you talked about North Star earlier. It's, you know, it's your North Star, it's your anchor point, it's your, yeah, thing that keeps you safe or on the straight and narrow when things feel a bit wobbly. Yeah. Yeah. Or to use a boating analogy, it's your safe harbour. It's where I yes. go when the storms get a bit rough. <laughs> a bit rough and a bit crazy. Mm. <laughs> so, so we talked about where where you are now. Um, where next do you think? Yeah. What, what's next in your thinking and your being and your doing? Uh, to a certain degree, like we're coming to the end of a school year, there will then be a summer break. Then we we go again. Um, I think think the amount of uncertainty I still feel around what actually will be happening around us, both both in terms of like where we actually are with um, the pandemic and how well we have or haven't managed to to cut down the risks. Um, and the, the lives that COVID takes, um, the degree to which as well, I think there's a lot. So there, there's that piece, there's the piece of like, what is it that's going to need to kind of come out and be seen and heard an experience that's been kind of held back and repressed um, through just getting, like just bracing and getting through this experience. And then I think also the way in which in parallel there have been these real waves of awakening around like the racial injustice and um, and other structural injustices which have been with us a lot longer than COVID and and probably have far more complex work to be done in order to dismantle those structures. Like kind of that, that work is where I want to be. Um, and I want to be doing it in, in the community of my school, in the community of my family and kind of in those very kind of, yeah, local immediate groups because that's, where I find the work most kind of connecting and powerful 
to do. Um, so in some ways, probably not not a huge amount kind of different. It's just, can, yeah, looking at how I can continue to glow slow, pay attention, see what's emerging, invite other people into what I feel is emerging and see how many people do actually join me in the work. Like, yeah, going for the small and the simple, I think, is a priority for me. And seeing if the structures will go slow enough to actually let things kind of properly be noticed and then also then properly be um, acted on. Because, yeah, so in some ways, yeah, finding ways to kind of slow down communities and systems and relationships that I'm part of and myself mm -hmm. um, and for the work we do to be meaningful work. Like, that's the big picture of it, how it plays out in the small schema. I know. Slow down and notice. That's what I'm taking from that little. <laughs> so yeah, slow down, notice what's going around on around you. And I think what what comes up for me again is that idea of knowing what we are practically able to do. Mm. Um, because I know I sometimes, I often actually feel quite overwhelmed by the amount of things that I see in the world which don't sit right with me. Yeah. And that sense of overwhelm of kind of you know it's almost I can't you know what can I actually do to you know that isn't right and yet it feels so far away that I feel so small in terms of influencing mm. it and some you know that stopping and that slow down and noticing is kind of coming taking that step back and going okay and what I can do is this yes. not I can't what's the point I can't oh, yeah. do anything it's actually making it small enough and making the connections between if I do this on a daily basis, consistently, regularly, mm -hmm. in all of my aspects of my life, then I am positively contributing to something bigger. Yes. Um, and it's sometimes, yeah, getting that sort of making mm -hmm. that connection. Um, yeah. For me, there's there's an extra piece in that for me, because I definitely like I can get to that space of overwhelm and freeze and like I don't know and and I'm not doing enough and and then end up in the corner rather than out in the arena kind of thing. But a, a piece that has been important for me in unfreezing sometimes is also building trust that, that, that trust in other people to be mm -hmm. out there doing their work. Yeah. And then the ripple effect as well that comes from like, so if I know that like, if within my school community, we do actually manage to start to enact more anti-racist curriculum, we start to unpick our own power and privilege we start to give young people more opportunities to do some of that work themselves they then go out into the world more aware more tuned in alongside all the work that their generation and other communities and groups are doing to do that work like that there's so many different ways that work is happening but like if we do that where we are and also can breathe out and have that trust that other people do that work where they are and when we have a bit more we work out ways to get that to the places where they have a bit less and need a bit more like I think there has to be for me, that system of like trusting in my fellow <laughs> humans um, alongside really paying attention to where my agency is helps to keep working through the overwhelm. Yeah. Um, I like that. I've got in my head an image of a puddle with raindrops and the, the ripples connecting out and eventually connecting into one big ripple. That's the yeah. image, as you were talking, that's the image that's in my head. And, and so we've, we're pretty much at the end of the, the half an hour. Um, and 
you know, as usual, and I'll, I'll talk for a minute just so you, I, I can throw this to you. Um, you know, what would you like to leave people with in a sense? And maybe it's going back to your poem. Um, but the things I think, you know, what I'm going to take away from from this conversation is is certainly the idea of being beloved on this earth and the question for me of what does that mean? And just reminding me that it's, you know, it it does matter. It is important to know what is important to me mm. because that that is the starting point for being able to do those other things and develop meaningful relationships with other people to really start to create that ripple effect and connecting with similar or people with similar beliefs and values and then feeling able to kind of trust and kind of go, actually, there are a lot of people doing good stuff. There really are. And it's <laughs> not just me. I'm not onto the news. <laughs> and I'm really not are. just alone. <laughs> so yeah, as ever, I ju- I'll just hand it, Hand it, throw, throw it back to you. Just say, you know, what would you like to leave us with? What are the what are the key thoughts? Or, and it could be um, something totally random and unconnected if you want it to be. It doesn't have to be connected to this conversation. Well, actually, in some ways, I think for me that that idea of like trust is a really important sense, and that idea of trust in yourself and trust in others. So, in that, so I suppose that yeah, I'd like to offer trust to the listener that um, that they can take from this conversation what resonates or what they need. Um, and trust that, yeah, they're finding their path. And I'll maybe just read the the late fragment once more, and then whoever's listening can use that as an opportunity to think about Fabulous. what what this might mean for them. Yeah. Um, so the late fragment. And did you get what you wanted from this life? Even so, I did. And what did you want? To call myself beloved, to feel myself beloved on the earth. Perfect. Thank you very much, Claire. Thank you. Go well. You have been listening to the Coffee and Conversation podcast, the podcast that celebrates great people making amazing things happen. My thanks again to my guest, Claire Young, and also to you for listening. Until the next time, take care.